It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. The Expertise Panel, brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. It's 10.23 here on Mornings with Ian Smith on ECNZ. Smithy on the road with the Cricket World Cup. So Ricardo, in for him. Uh, time now for our Dilmar Expertise Panel. And our experts on the Expertise Panel today are Andrew Gordy. G'day, mate. How are you? Not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, cool. I'll be better if we could equalise against Atletico Madrid just quietly. I would also be better if that was the case as well. Unfortunately, though, we've got a referee who's more A-League than Champions League this morning. I'm not quite sure how he didn't see, or at least one of the fouls in the lead-up to Atletico's goal. But uh, that's always we never do it the easy way, do we, mate? No, we never do. We never do. Uh, Lavina Good is also on the expertise panel with Dilmar today. G'day, Lavina. Is Lavina there? She dropped off. Might just be you, and me, you and me, Gordy. Oh. That's all good. I'm sure Levina will show up shortly. All good, all good. She will, mate. She will. Hey, uh, I wanted to start by talking about the COVID impacts on Super Rugby and, 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 uh, you know, what, if anything, Super Rugby and New Zealand Rugby can do about this. So it looks like uh, the Blues Crusaders game might be in jeopardy, potentially the Highlanders-Moana Pacifica game as well. And, boy, Moana Pacifica don't need another weekend off. I mean, what's your take on where this currently sits? Uh, my take on it, mate, is uh, I'm, I'm starting to question now, especially as New Zealand's uh, the, or the, the stage of the pandemic that the country is at, I'm really starting to question now why New Zealand rugby decided to burst the super rugby bubble. Because look at, look at the problems we've, we've now got. We've got, we're more than likely going to have at least one, probably two games having to be cancelled this weekend or postponed. And it really sort of makes you wonder, couldn't this have all been avoided if we just stuck with the, the scenario that we had at the start of the campaign, which was having all the teams in a... Or you'd, you'd avoid all of, this, all of this chaos. And it is week-to-week chaos, isn't it? And poor old Moana Pacifica, I really feel sorry for them. They're now looking at a probability, you would have to say, of having, a, I think it's a fourth game postponed uh, yeah. out, out of five. They've only managed to play one game so far. So... There is an element of mismanagement here, and you really have to be sort of pointing the finger, I suppose, at New Zealand rugby for that. Yeah, and and seeing where, you know, why they let everyone out of the bubble as early as they did. I mean, and I guess the other thing, you know, for Moana Pacifica, um, I mean, if that Highlanders game is is postponed, is there another fix? I mean, they haven't played the Crusaders a second time. Do they do they manufacture a game and, and rejig the draw, and we end up with Moana play the Crusaders for a second time this weekend? Well, mate, you'd also have to wonder if, if the broadcasters don't start going, hey, is there something, some other arrangement we can come up with here? Because they'll, they'll need content. Um, that's where, a, you know, you think about the NRL and the lengths that the NRL went to to keep that competition running in the midst of a, 
of a pandemic, but sort of, I'm talking the first time around, I'm not saying by any means that they're through it, but you look at how the NRL has handled it, uh, they've, they've done whatever's required, essentially, to keep that competition running. And if that means that Moana Pacifica has to play another game against another team they've already played, or, or you have to rejig the draw so that uh, the teams that are available can at least have a game against each other, then I think that's something that they absolutely need to entertain. Yeah, I think they do definitely need to look at it. This is uh, the Dilmar Expertise Panel uh, with Andrew Gordy and uh, Lavina Good joining us now as well. Dil- uh, Dilmar, do try it. Lavina, uh, we've just been talking Super Rugby, but I want to talk to you about uh, the White Ferns as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk in New Zealand sport at the moment about more equality in terms of, you know, pay structures, uh, profile, TV time, and things for female sports and the uh, you know across TV across newspapers across online etc at what point are we truly equal enough to be able to criticize the white ferns when they lose mate you can criticize them anytime you want I reckon um, I, I had a discussion with a, a couple of people a month ago saying that and that there were um, sports commentators saying that they feel really uncomfortable with critiquing um, some elements of women's sport and and I get why I guess um, for most women in sport they don't get an opportunity at an international level to um, compete as much as what men do so when they do a lot of male commentators feel very hesitant to critique them in any way but with all the professional and unprofessional women that I know that are playing in sport here in New Zealand, they find that really, really condescending. That's the last thing that they want. So even though they might play, say, two test matches a year rather than their male compatriots that play 10 test matches a year, they still deserve and would like to be critiqued in any any matter. And I think as soon as we create that parity in terms of criticism, everything else will be even as well. At the moment, it's not even. Women in sport do not get as much coverage as men in sport. They do not get as much money money as men in sport. We might talk a bit later about um, the women's NRL, but I, I just heard that they're getting a 30% pay rise for the women in sport with the rugby league. That means they're going from $8,000 to ten. $12,000, which would probably be enough to feed Sean Johnson his protein powder throughout the year. So I think we do need to ascertain just how much money and how much coverage these women are getting. But in terms of me, mate, I call a game as it is. I don't care if it's a man playing or a woman playing. If they play great, I'll say it. If they play like crap, I'll say it. And I think everyone else needs to do the same. Now, Andrew, you're obviously uh, you know on the on the TV every night presenting sports news and things. How do, how do you feel about it? I mean, if the Black Caps capitulated the way uh, that the White Ferns did against an Australian team and, and, in a tournament and mismanaged an innings to the point where they didn't bat twenty overs, you'd you'd be pretty uh, it'd be, you'd feel pretty comfortable climbing into them about it. How how did you feel about it uh, from uh, the point of view of a, of a bloke reporting on sport and reporting on a, on a on a women's sports team at a World Cup? Okay, so I, I can tell you what happened sort of within our own newsroom the other day when obviously the White Ferns playing a home World Cup, uh, you know, they, they capitulated, didn't they, against Australia. And the discussion that we had was we need, to, we need to do some proper analysis on this performance because if it was, like you say, uh, the Black Caps or the All Blacks who delivered a performance like that in a, in a World Cup, whether it's on home soil or, or away... Um, we would be asking former internationals to give their take as some as people who have been within that sort of environment and have experienced those same things to tell us what's going on, who needs to step up, what's 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 going wrong, and, and where can things improve. And 
I can tell you that we called around at least half a dozen former women's international cricketers, and it was obvious that they were they were basically coming up with excuses not to do it. And that's where my issue lies, because there has been a lot of effort, and quite rightly, put into prioritising and giving women's sport the platform that it deserves. We've got these fantastic new competitions. We've got Super Rugby Opiki. Um, we've got several World Cups coming up on home soil. It is the perfect chance to, to showcase women's sport. But I think there is there is a responsibility for former women's internationals who, who didn't live or, or sort of play through that same level of, I suppose, uh, exposure and perhaps you could say professionalism it is now beholden on them to really take the coverage of women's sport to the next level because it is not right, I don't think personally, and I, and I, and I think Levine was kind of hinting at this before, I don't think it's right that we should need to go to former men's internationals, and I'm talking about male um, pundits, to talk about what's going on in the women's environment. I, I would really like to see some of those uh, retired women's internationals, whether it's cricket or rugby or, or whatever sport, to be bold enough to step up and say and call out people who are probably their friends and former teammates because that's what we expect and it's, and they I think they need to understand that it's their responsibility to to make sure that they are the ones who are leading that that next level of coverage for women's sport where we can feel confident talking about the good and the bad um, and I'm not talking about necessarily laying the boot in all the time that's not what's what media coverage is about. It's about talking about good performances and bad performances in equal measure. Yeah, no, fair call. I like it. I like it. This is the Dilmar Expertise panel. Andrew Gordy and Lavina Good with us. Dilmar celebrating 30 years of tea in New Zealand. Uh, Aroha Hathaway is standing by with news and sport. We will come back. We will talk Warriors lineup changes and Chelsea not reading the room. The Expertise panel brought to you by Dilmar. Do try it. Yeah, this is the Dilmar Expertise panel here on Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ 27 away from 11 o'clock. Ricardo Ball in for Ian Smith, Andrew Gordy and Lavina Good with us on the panel. And, of course, uh, something, Andrew, that came up overnight was that uh, the Chelsea Football Club uh, had basically, they're away to Middlesbrough in the FA Cup this weekend. Uh, they're not allowed under the uh, the situation, the sanctions on their owner, Roman Abramovich, to sell tickets. So even though they're away, they suggested that this game should be played uh, behind closed doors for reasons of sporting integrity. Um, I did enjoy this from Steve Gibson, who is the owner of Middlesbrough. Chelsea and sporting integrity do not belong in the same sentence. Uh, Where is the intellect of Bruce Buck, the chairman, who's been an apologist for his owner, where the trophies were won over 19 years that have come from corrupt money provided from Abramovich. He's been kicked out of football and Bruce Buck should be kicked out of football too. So pulling no punches, what was your take on Chelsea really failing to read the room? It's astonishing really, isn't it? Because at a time like this, you would think that Chelsea's um, judgment will have been really sharpened by everything that's that's going on, obviously, with Roman Abramovich, the situation with Russia, and and also, I suppose, needing to engage properly with their fans, but also the wider football community. And like you say, they have just completely uh, misread the room on this one. I actually, it's only just now that you've mentioned it that I realised this was an away fixture. I, I thought it was a home fixture, and I, and I was thinking to myself, 
um, you know, what's the point in playing it behind closed doors? You know, why can't Middlesbrough um, at least, you know, get their fans along to the game, et cetera, et cetera. I cannot believe that this suggestion was made. And and I'm pleased to see that the request has been withdrawn. But also, good on good on Chelsea's chairman, Steve Gibson, for, for telling it like it is, because Chelsea, at a time like this, their management and their administration uh, really need to be uh, things, uh, which is astonishing, they need to be uh, guided towards uh, where the morals lie on this one. Yeah, Lavina, I'm not sure your thoughts on this, but I mean, it, it's, it seems a horrible misreading in a week or so where they should have had some introspection at the top level about how the club behaves that this came out. The moral compass hey, of um, Chelsea has been called out and it's just spinning around in circles and circles and circles. It's got no direction at the moment. An opportunity for them, I guess, to answer to their fans and the sporting world. I mean, there was a reason why the um, British government put sanctions on Abramovich being the owner and his support of Putin. So that's the political side of things. But when it comes to the sporting side of things, I think the only way that Chelsea can get out of this one is a massive apology to Middlesbrough and say, hey, we got it wrong in the first place. We shouldn't have suggested that you couldn't have any fans not only can you have your fans for this one but how about this how about for the home game for Chelsea they do allow fans they do bring them in but they don't charge them anything whatsoever so there's no financial gain at all for Abramovich so that's settled and the fans don't get to be punished which they probably shouldn't because they've not had a lot to do with it and uh, Middlesbrough for the away game also have as many fans as they like I think that's the solution to the whole thing yeah Chelsea need a lot of work to do to make up after this one they have a lot of work uh, speaking of a lot of work to do is the, the Warriors after uh, they lost to St George in the first round there have been changes made some of them enforced one that wasn't Gordy was Cody Nikarima, who was the house partner for Sean Johnson, but he uh, he went missing. I think it's probably the fifth, uh, the best thing to say. And even though Sean Johnson's not there, he's not in the squad uh, this week. Yeah, time for the Warriors to say, hey, you know, Chanel Tavita Harris, maybe you're not so bad, and Cody, you can do one. Oh, look, I, I, I totally agree with your sentiments around Cody Nikarima. I, I was un- very underwhelmed by his performance in the first round. Um, I know that Sean Johnson's come into some criticism uh, for that first round performance. I'm, I'm reluctant to, to, to go that far myself. Um, I, I really feel as though um, there were a couple of moments, obviously, where you would say that he took the wrong option. But, but I, I, again, I'm really reluctant to criticise him for that. You know, there's a, and I think the one that everyone has obviously honed in on is, uh, you know, kicking from inside your own 20 on the second tackle when you're, when you're down and the game is still very much in the balance. Um, equally, that's where that's where playmakers, it's make or break for, that, for them. And, and I, the one example that I really think back to was actually a, a Super Rugby game, Blues-Crusaders. Blues were right on top in a game um, against the Crusaders in Christchurch a couple of years back. You'll probably remember it. And uh, the Blues had just scored a try. That their heads were up and, and they were all just thinking that all, all the momentum was with them. And Richie Moanga, I don't know if you recall, took a a quick, a short kickoff. He basically grubbed it to himself. And that was just, it was an enormous risk to take in the moment. But it completely changed the momentum of the game and the Crusaders went on to win it. And I think that that's what, what Sean Johnson was trying to do in that moment. And you, you have to accept, I think, that sometimes when players have a, a brilliant mind, they're going to try things. It's not always going to come off, but sometimes it will. And you'll hail him as a genius. And if we're going to hail him as a genius when it comes off, I think it's, it's not right 
to go in on him when, when perhaps it doesn't. They ended up losing the game. Uh, sorry, to get back to, to the changes that have been made, I think it's absolutely right that Chanel Harris to be the comes into the halves, and it is a big opportunity for Ash Taylor. I mean, that's exactly why he was brought into this, to this team, right? This is why the Warriors gave him a contract for the, the, the opportunity, I suppose, that, that comes about when Sean Johnson is either injured or suspended for whatever reason. It's here now. He's going to be out for about four weeks. And, and I think it's a huge opportunity for Ash Taylor to step up and form a proper combination with Chanel harris Beater over, over the coming weeks. Um, and, geez, um, I know Dylan Wyckin has a Lesniak uh, out as well, but Cav Reese Walsh coming back in at fullback, a uh, huge boost for the Warriors. And, yeah, I think when it was clear that um, Wyckin has a Lesniak and Johnson were going to be out for an extended period, you're, you're thinking to yourself, gee, how are the Warriors going to cope with this? I think the team they've put out on paper this week actually isn't that bad. No, it's not that bad at all. This has been the Dilmar uh, expertise panel. Uh, Dilmar, do try it. Celebrating 30 years of tea in New Zealand. Lavina Good, Andrew uh, Gordy with us. Thank you, uh, Gordy. Go well, mate. Enjoy the rest of your day. Lavina, hang there. We're going to catch up with some NRLW with you next. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.